Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper podcast. Your host, Gregorio Leoni, will have smart discussion with experts, thought leaders, and friends on customer experience, transformation, innovation, and leadership. I hope you will enjoy the next episode. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight it's really a big, big pleasure because I have Dennis Snow together with me. Hi, Dennis. How are you? I'm doing very, very well, Greg. How are you doing? Very well. Thank you very much. Uh, I am really pleased and really I'm thrilled to have this discussion with you because it will be magic. Everybody already (laughs) knows you, but now uh, I have the opportunity to have you on my soccer pitch. And I'm really happy to have this discussion, this game together with you. Thank you very much. Let's uh, let's start. Um, as usual, I ask um, my guests to short introduce themselves, and I would like to do that also in this case. Dennis, could you please introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah, my, it's Dennis Snow, and um, my background is primarily with Walt Disney World in Florida. Um, I started out on the front lines as an attractions operator, you know, running the rides. Um, wonderful job got into management and managed different operating areas around the company. Uh, Then uh, was with the the Disney University, which was the internal training arm of the company. And we spun off a division called the Disney Institute, where companies would come to benchmark best practices with us. And I did that for several years. And then I left after 20 years, I left Disney and went out on my own and have been speaking and training and consulting all on the idea of customer service. Everything I do is is customer service oriented. I use my Disney background quite a bit for for that discussion, but uh, it's helping companies create that that loyalty driving experience. Uh, That's that's my passion. And so I've been doing that for 23 years now, which I, I can't believe. It's it's really super interesting what you are doing. And Dennis, you wrote also two outstanding books. Could you please share them with the audience? And I will ensure that I will put them in the show. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, one of the books is called Unleashing Excellence. And it's a blueprint for a company that says, we want to improve the service. And it covers everything from defining what that means to hiring and training and communication, accountability. Uh, you know, all those important topics. And then the other one is called uh, Lessons from the Mouse, which is kind of an obvious title. It's the the, the 10 key things that I learned about uh, customer experience from my days at Disney. Uh, so those are the two books that I've written. People say, why don't you write another one? And I said, well, everything I know is in the first two. Those are the, 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 the key things that I think are at the heart of a, of a service-driven organization. Then please also add myself to the list. And I yeah. ask also when it's coming, the next one, because yeah. these, these two books are, are really outstanding. Thank oh, you very thank much you. For, for, mention, for mentioning them. Thank you. It's, it's a great pleasure at the end. You wrote them and you deserve all the recognition for, for what you did. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, a big pleasure. Um, one question that is also relevant for me, it's which values drive you in life? Which values drive, drive my own personal life? Yes. Uh, the, the, probably the biggest one from uh, an overall perspective is uh, do what you said you're going to do. Um, being, you know, that follow through of, of the integrity that 
If you say you're going to do something, that you do it. If you say you're going to be somewhere, you be there. If you say you're going to do something at this time, you do it by that time or earlier. Um, I think you know that is an umbrella that that goes over everything. And then the other one, uh, it's kind of connected to that. But regardless of how I feel, to treat everybody with respect and dignity whether I agree with them or disagree with them. Uh, we, can, we can argue things all day long, but at the end, I think it's important that, that we, we treat each other with that respect and dignity, uh, no matter how we, we might feel about the situation. And I think that applies to service as well, uh, because as you know, and I know, and everybody watching knows, uh, not everything goes according to plan. And sometimes there are problems with customers, and but we still need to treat them with respect and dignity. So those are two of the, the things that I think really um, I try to live my life by, uh, by try, treating people right and, and doing the things that I said I'm going to do, uh, whether it's from business or personal, whatever it may be. Totally makes sense. Thank you very yeah. much. And if you allow myself, I think these are, are also values of the cast members. Yeah. It means employees of Disney. Yeah. And today, this is the big topic. We are speaking yeah. about the magic of, of Disney. You spoke already about the mouse. It's Mickey Mouse. And we <laughs> Mickey really, Mouse, right, right. We, we, I, I'm really happy and thrilled to have this discussion with you. Perhaps really the easiest question that we have, Disney, what are the key ingredients to be so success, successful in this magic world? Well, I try to keep things very simple uh, because I think sometimes we overcomplicate things. And so I would say the key ingredient, if you boil it to a, a nugget of, of uh, how you approach what you do in business, it's, it's this phrase, everything speaks. And so Disney is very focused on the details. Everything speaks. So when you, when you go into the park or the hotels or whatever, wherever it is you're going, every detail is meticulously focused on uh, to make sure that it reinforces the Disney brand. So you go into the Magic Kingdom, first thing you see is the castle. And it's this, you know, the camera comes out immediately and, and, and it's magic. And if you look at all of the little, the little physical details, they're all just right. Uh, even down to the trash cans, the trash, they, they study how far people will carry a piece of trash or garbage before they throw it on the ground. And they study things like that. So they put the trash cans at a distance that increases the likelihood that you're going to put the trash in the, in the trash can. But what they do is they design the trash cans to blend into the environment so that you don't really see it until you need it. And suddenly there's a trash can right there. Well, it's always been there, but it blended in until you need it. So from a physical standpoint, everything speaks from the cast members, you know, you mentioned, you, you even have the language down, the cast members or the, the employees, uh, that they're a big part of the show, that the, the, the they call their uniforms costumes, that, that, that they're designed to fit the environment that, the, that that particular cast member is working in. 
the way the cast members interact with the guests, you know, the tone of voice. We talk about, we train the cast members in tone of voice, in body language, and all of those things that when you and I are talking, if you're a guest at Disney World and we're having an interaction, the every detail about my performance either enhances the Disney brand or it detracts from the brand. So very carefully trained on how to make sure that those details speak the way they're, they're supposed to speak. The smells, the sounds, you know, all the sensory, everything that's, that's around you is designed to fit the particular location that you're in. So the, what I would ask people to take away from that is that key phrase to be thinking about, everything speaks. So if that's true, what's, what are all the details from the design of your website? Uh, to the, the, the voicemail message on your telephone? You know, is it enhancing the experience or is it detracting the experience? Uh, you know, a lot of times I'll call somebody on the phone and it's the original mechanical uh, message that you get. And I, so did I get the right person? Is it the person that I meant to call? And it just took away a little bit of that, uh, that experience. So, so, that's the mad that what I would say is the magic ingredient is that everything speaks. So let's make sure you, every detail says what it's supposed to say. Thank you very much. And you are touching quite a lot of relevant and interesting topics that we are going to discuss, like Good. employee experience. But before mm -hmm. we deep dive in the employee experience, one thing that, uh, that people are saying, and perhaps also quoting one important books, uh, the experience economy. We are speaking mm -hmm. about time yeah. well saved and time well spent. And Disney, it's the best or the perfect example of time well spent. Mm -hmm. And basically, uh, Disney is offering a great experience, but let's quickly speak about the price. It's yeah. not so cheap to, to, <laughs> no, to, to go not. into this. In, in this um... No, no. Uh, when I first started working at Disney World, believe it or not, it was, it was $7 and 50 cents uh, to get into the park. And now it's a hundred and something dollars. Uh, so yeah, nobody would ever say Disney is a nonprofit uh, organization. And uh, so there's a, there's a definite balance. And, and what it comes down to is value. Are you, so are, are you providing the value that outweighs the cost? And if you are, then the likelihood is people might say, oh, that was really expensive. That, that was very expensive, but it was worth it. So if you go back to Walt Disney, uh, his philosophy was, it doesn't really concern me. You know, this is Walt talking. It doesn't really concern me what people think about the price coming in. It's what they think about the experience coming out. And as long as that experience exceeds the value. Now, certainly there's, there's a threshold, you know, that, that as you increase pricing, you might be um, eliminating some of your audience. But if you go, it, it, it amazes me when I go to Disney World today, you know, at the price of $120, I think it is now to, to get in. Um, when I go today, the place is packed every day. It's, it's packed. So obviously, they're delivering the value that people might say, yes, it was expensive, but, but it, was, it was worth it. It's very hard nowadays, and I think you would agree with me on this, it's very hard nowadays to compete on price. 
you know, people can replicate your price. You know, they, there's all there's always somebody that can that can discount further than you did. Uh, but if you're looking at it as we're competing on the experience, now you really have something to work with. How can we be unique in the marketplace so that it's a memorable experience? It's a it's a loyalty driving experience, and that goes back to our uh, the the first question where I talked about everything speaks. That's the that's the magic sauce is making sure that all of those details are adding value to the experience. Um, and so, again, you know, going back to the cost is putting the, the, the investment into those things that are going to have the greatest impact on the experience. So that's what I would say to people. You know, price is always going to import, be important. You can never say price has nothing to do with it. You know, I guess there are people out there that that may be true, but, but for, for the majority of us, their price is important, but the value is the key differentiator, the value that you're adding to the experience because people can get hamburgers in a lot of different places, right? They can get a, a, a soft drink in a lot of different places. They can buy a car in a lot of different places, but an excellent experience is a differentiator. So, so that's the way they, they make decisions about things. Uh, if we're going to raise our prices, we need to make sure that the value still exceeds the, the price. So that may entail an investment that, that they need to make. Um, but it all plays into that decision-making process. Thank you very much. And I think uh, at, at the end, it's, it's reality. Families are saving m months or yeah. years to go in this Disney park. And the first mm -hmm. thing that they are saying is, I want to come back. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the big thing. And you make a very good point, uh, too, that that's one of the things that's communicated all the time with, with the cast members, the employees, is you have to remember that many of these guests have saved for years for this experience. Uh, and you can't have a bad day. You, you, when you're on stage, you're on stage because, again, these guests, they may have traveled from anywhere in the world. They've spent a tremendous, they've saved, they've spent a tremendous amount of money. It's a dream come true for, for many of the guests. And it only takes one negative person, uh, you know, employee to start tearing that down. So they reinforce that with the cast members all the time. Uh, how special these moments are. But what you are saying, it's, it's really a big question that uh, all people have. How is it possible that cast members are always so friendly, happy, and are always doing what, what, uh, yeah. what customer needs? Yeah, and, and um, you know, I, I get that question a lot. You know, how, do, how does Disney get their people to be so friendly? Um, the easy answer, but it's true, but it's true, is first, they hire friendly people. Uh, so the, the, the interview process is designed to, to bring in people that are wired that way. So they have a very carefully crafted interviewing and hiring process. Uh, and not just from the interviewer, I'm interviewing you, but the process itself is designed to treat you as an interviewee, as a guest. So it's modeling the culture, the, the, the interview process itself 
models the culture of the organization because that's what you're going to be expected to do when you're out on the job. So I always say the training starts with the interview process, you know, how you're treated there. So they, 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 they put a lot of effort into the hiring process. Then they do train. Uh, when you first come on board, you go through a program called Disney Traditions. And it talks about the history of the company and, and, and those kinds of things. But it also talks about your role in the show and the importance of what you do and how you do it, regardless of what the job is, regardless of, of whether you're a frontline cast member or you're the vice president of marketing. Everybody goes through that same training. Uh, and that's where they talk about the whole idea of you know, the, the, the interactions that you have with the guests and the, uh, the, the way you treat them. So that onboarding process, then ongoing training. You know, it's, it, you think about the, as a leader, the numbers of times you're interacting with those that, that, that you lead, whether it's in meetings, emails that you send, you know, meeting, you know, uh, events that you put on, you can reinforce those values in everything that you do as, as a leader. So I always say we, as leaders, we have to be relentless of keeping that message in front of our people. And then finally, and it's, it's true, is it's non-negotiable. Um, so it's not, we really would like you to be good with the guests and treat them nice. You know, we hope that you do that. No, it's, it's non-negotiable. That's the job. That is, that is the job. So if somebody is not living the values, they're coached on it. Uh, they can't. They could never say, "Well, I didn't know I was supposed to do that." Because going back, they they were trained on all of that, uh, so they're coached on it. And then finally, if somebody just doesn't get it, they're uh, you know they're let go, and and it was a mishire, and and uh, and that happens too. That that happens in companies. So all of that again, you know, how do you get your people to be so friendly? You hire friendly people. You train and communicate relentlessly, and it's non-negotiable. You know, that's, that is the job. Um, and I remember as a frontline supervisor uh, out in the parks, the, the, another thing that we were expected to do was to show appreciation for the cast members and the work that they're doing. Because if you've been to Florida, especially this time of year, you know, it's brutally hot uh, out there. And just to go over and tell people, oh, man, I know it's hot. You're doing a great job. You know, I saw how you handled that guest experience. Um, that was good show. Yeah, that was that was Disney. Uh, but it all goes back to reinforcing those core core principles. Thank you very much. You mentioned two words that for me are familiar because I am started. I started studying a bit about Disney on stage and backstage. Yeah. Could you yeah. please elaborate a bit on that? Sure. On stage is wherever those you are serving are. So in a store, obviously the store floor at a restaurant, you know, the, in, the interior of the restaurant. So we call that on stage uh, when you're in the parks or the hotels where the guests are, any place a guest is, that's on stage. Uh, backstage is behind the scenes. And that's where things like deliveries take place, 
um, you know, the, the cast member cafeterias, the, the, the locker rooms where you get ready for the day, those things that, that should be out of sight, that, that are necessary for the business, but are out of, of sight of the, of the guests. But there's a subtle to that, to that too, in that let's say I'm a cast member, but I work backstage. I work in the cast member cafeteria. Well, that's my on stage. That cafeteria is my on stage. So making sure that that is show ready for my guests who are my fellow cast members. So it permeates the whole organization, whether you're dealing with the paying guests who are coming in or you're interacting with cast members, it's all the same. The, the, the philosophies are all the same. Maybe not to the same degree in terms of the money that they would put into building the, the Cinderella's castle and the money that they put into building the, the cafeteria. Uh, you know, there, there obviously would be some differences there. But in the, the care and treatment, and as I said earlier, the respect and dignity. So imagine if I'm a backstage cast member and you're an onstage cast member, and I treat you poorly in the cafeteria when you come down to get your meal and, and I treat you poorly, that might translate to you going on stage in a bad, bad mood. So it has to permeate the whole, no matter what you do, it has to permeate the whole organization. Thank you so, very much. So again, so again, onstage, whoever it is you're serving, onstage is where those people are. Thank you very much. It, it totally makes sense. And I really like these examples because at the end, the cast members are outside on stage doing everything that is possible and in the backstage needs to work properly. And yep. cast members are also human beings and therefore they need time to rest, to recover, yep. to regenerate energies. And it totally makes sense. Right, right. Now trying to, to leave the magic of, of Disney. Uh, what can real world company learn from Disney? Well, I think that the, the, the best thing that, that any company can learn from, from a company like Disney is to remember that products and services are commodities. And I touched on this earlier. Products and services are commodities. Uh, people can, there's always somebody that's, that can duplicate or, or maybe even prove the physical product itself. Um, and so while that's important, uh, they are commodities. You know, if you, if you work in a bank, you know, there's a bank, there's, uh, you know, there's a bank on every corner. Uh, we have a lot of choices. Uh, so those are commodities, great experiences. That's the differentiator. So what I think any company can learn from Disney is to recognize We need to put our focus on what's the experience from start to finish and the various channels through which our, our customers interact with us. How can we make sure that it's designed with a purpose in mind versus it's just, you know, we have to have this, so we do it. Uh, no, it's, it needs to reflect the brand. It must re reflect the brand. So I've, I've worked with banks, I've worked with hospitals, I've worked with funeral homes, uh, I've worked with just about every industry that you can think of. And you can take those, those, those core service and experience uh, 
philosophies and principles and apply them to, to, to any industry. And uh, so I, I think it comes down to recognizing people can duplicate our products, but we're going to create a unique experience that, that our competitors cannot duplicate. Thank you very much. It totally makes sense. And I really like what you are saying, because in other um, shows where you were there, you often also mentioned that you need to, to define which experience do you want to deliver, which is the target experience that you want yeah. to deliver. And for me, this is really the key link to what you said earlier that companies need to understand. Because I see a lot of companies having a big project portfolio, trying to implement 10 projects at the same times with concurring targets. And then you cannot really deliver the experience that you want because everybody, one project is trying to standardize, standardize the process. The other one is to create to personalize processes. And the other one is doing to do something different. And that's yeah. not, not possible. Therefore, I think what you are saying, it's, it's really key. Yeah, I think you're right on that. Uh, that's the other thing that I think is, is, is very important. I think you've made an excellent point is that that core philosophy has to be across all elements of the organization. If you have conflicting purposes uh, across the organization, you can end up with a very inconsistent experience, depending on which division of the company you're interacting with or who you're talking to. There's there, there must be a clear understanding of this is who we are as an organization. This is our brand uh, as an organization so that everything connects. If you go to Disney World or any of the Disney parks, wherever you are, it should feel like Disney versus, well, now I'm in this area, so I get this experience. Now I'm in this area and it's a different, no, it's still, people need to say, this is Disney, yeah. Thank you very much uh, I for the confirmation of, of what yeah. I'm saying. We yeah. are coming to, to an end of this uh, of this podcast, but oh wow, I, I still <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> I still have one question. Uh -huh. um, now, in ten years from now, what are we speaking about customer experience? Yeah, and it's it, it, first of all, let me say I don't know because it's changed. Everything's changing so quickly. Um, but I think the, the, the thing that I do know is the channels through which your customers are going to be interacting with your company, with your organization, is going to continue to evolve and expand. And we need to ensure that consistency. That if, what, you know, if, if I call your contact center and get, in a, get an answer to a question, and then I interact through email with somebody else about the same issue and there's a very different uh feel a very different philosophy uh, uh that's that's inconsistent okay you just eroded my trust in the experience so i think over the next 10 years that's what the, one of the key for leadership is going to to make sure is no matter how our customers are interacting with us that we need to be projecting that same brand, uh, regardless of the channel. And I think I think COVID has has made people more aware of that. That when COVID hit, suddenly 
people were interacting with companies in different ways than they had before, or it was increased anyway. Um, and I think people started to become more aware of that, of, oh, we didn't think that through. Um, we didn't make sure that it's a consistent experience. So I, I, I believe that the face-to-face -face interaction uh, or the personalized interaction is never going to go away. I think that's always going to be a, an important part of the mix. And how do we take these various channels and personalize them in the way that reflects our brand? That I, so I, I, I don't know what those channels are going to be, but I do know that's an important thing for management to be focused on is how do we, how do we make sure they're branded to our, our, our way of doing business? Thank you very much, Dennis. The game is coming to an end. Then the last few minutes, my three uh, short questions. The first one is, is there a book that you would like to suggest to the audience because it's helped you during your career yeah. or in your personal life? Yeah, it's, it's always hard to narrow books down to, uh, to, to one. But uh, so there's a lot of books that are, that are out there that I, I think are wonderful. I'm a, I'm a voracious reader. Um, But there's one that, and it reflects so many of the things, Greg, that you and I have been talking about. It's called The Power of Moments. I don't know if you've heard of this book by Chip and Dan Heath, H-E-A-T-H. Uh, -E it's called The Power of Moments. And it doesn't just focus on business. It focuses on the power of moments in your family life, in your personal life, and business life. It reflects on, on all of those. But it talks about many of the things that, that, that we've been touching on is that so many things come down to memorable moments. And, you know, earlier you mentioned another excellent book, The Experience Economy. Uh, it, it's, it's a similar theme, a similar feel to it, that moments matter, that, that a moment that I as an employee may not think is a big deal, but it is to that customer. You know, when I'm ringing up in the grocery store, when I'm ringing up a sale, that moment matters. That's the last interaction that I have with that grocery store and that, that overall experience. You know, that, that moment matters. So it's called the, the Power of Moments, and it's Chip and Dan Heath. I, I highly recommend it. Thank you very much. And if somebody would like to contact you, what's the best way? The best way is probably email. Um, because wherever I am, you know, I've always got my, my phone with me. So probably the best way is email, uh, which is Dennis, D-E-N-N-I-S, at Snow Associates. And that's all one word, snowassociates.com. Um, that's probably the, the, because then, you know, I get it instantly and uh, I return as quickly as I possibly can, even if it's just to say, hey, I'm doing this and uh, let's set up a time we can talk uh, because it's a sub this is a subject I love to talk about. So nine times out of 10, when somebody reaches out to me, I'll try and make a time when we can do a Zoom call or uh, have a phone call because my, the, I, I still love that personal touch, you know, where, where you're actually talking with somebody. I'm, I'm at that, I'm old enough where that's still really important to me. Thank you very much. And then I can confirm that you quickly answer to the emails because yeah. that's the way I, I connected to get together with right. you. I think you have also a great newsletter. Do you want to share that? Well, yeah. So on my website, we use the website as the hub of all the information, videos, 
newsletters, video, you know, all of those things. So it's www, of course, dot uh, snowassociates.com. And so whether it's blog posts, videos that I've created, just little notes that I may have uh, created about something, uh, information about the services that we provide, of course, uh, my books and so forth. Uh, we have an online training program that companies use, but we use the, the website as the hub for all of that. So snowassociates.com. Thank you very much. I will put all this information also in the show notes. Oh, and wonderful. Now- Thank you. Sure. And now we are coming to the to the last question is Dennis golden nugget. It's something that we discussed or something new that you would leave to the audience. So I would say the golden nugget that is memorable, in addition to that idea of everything speaks, uh, because that stays with people, I find. But I would say is in that everything that we do, everything that you do is as in an organization, do it with an experience mentality versus a task mentality. You know, every job has its tasks. And in some cases, you can tell that that's what the person is focused in on, is they're focused on doing the tasks. And when, when we do what we do with the task approach, our customers feel processed. And it's, it's difficult to feel that connection, that, that emotional connection when you feel like you've been processed where if somebody, an employee is doing what they do with an experience mentality, customers feel valued. And that's a whole, now now you've got something that's going to create the loyalty. So I would say the gold nugget is in everything that we do, whether we're creating something or we're having an interaction, do it with an experience mentality versus a task mentality. Thank you very much. I can only conclude saying it was magic. Thank you very much for your time, Dennis. Please stay, stay with me. And to the audience, thank you very much. It was a great pleasure. As usual, if you have feedback, please let me know. If you want to get in touch with Dennis, he shared all the contact details. You will find the contact details also in the show notes. Thank you very much. Grazie mille. Arrivederci. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it. Share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget. We are not in a B2B or B2C business, we are in a human-to-human environment. Thank you!